Welcome to day three of four of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge, and we continue our journey through the Gospel of John, uh, his introduction to the Gospel, and then the initial stories he tells about uh, the disciples that Jesus encounters and calls you know, to follow after him are uh, rich in, in their significance, and you can feel yourself drawn into the story. And John has a very personal way of delivering the story, a very personal way of drawing us into the story, and, of course, a deep way of drawing us into the truths that it teaches us about who Christ is and what he has uh, done for us. So we come to a, a section where uh, there's four controversies, you know, one after another, or four uh, Jewish traditions that Jesus enters into and completely, you know, reshapes those traditions, uh, you know, after his own heart and character. And of course, the first one of them is a, is a wedding, as a wedding feast, very ordinary <laughs> wedding feast, when his mom kind of pushes him to uh, be who he is before he is ready to be who he is. So we're in John chapter two today, uh, but before we read, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, Matt, you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have spoken, that you have revealed yourself through um, both both the person of Christ and through your word. And uh, we, we do ask as we read that you would fill us with wisdom and give us eyes to see and, and to behold the wondrous things in your word as we um, we gaze into your word and, and gaze at the person of Christ. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time together. Would you use it to glorify yourself and to transform us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding uh, on the third day a wedding took place at Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, "They have no more wine." Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, "My hour has not yet come." His mother said to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you've saved the best until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle, scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. The reply has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew 
what was in, in each person. So you have two you know, fun Jewish you know, traditions here. You have the wedding uh, in which you know, Jesus enters and brings out the very best of the wine. And of course you have the temple which he uh, redeems for his father's purposes. There would not only be a people in you know, a place for people to come and to meet with God, but a place for the nations to come and be drawn you know, to God. And so you have two beautiful images here of a wedding feast and, a, and of temples. So what are some of the things that stand out as you guys read this passage? Well, this is not starting at the beginning, but <laughs> as we as we were reading, it kind of stood out to me, like verse uh, 22, um, that after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. And um, I just think it would be really fun. To, I, I think of the connections that we make today um, in scripture like and when i find a connection it is so exciting so i picture the disciples like thinking back after he had been raised like oh he when he was talking about the temple he was talking about himself how cool is that and so they're putting things together too after he's raised from the dead i just think that's i don't know it's fun for me no i've you know and i've had you know the habit of you know reading scripture through you know from very early on in my life and and every time i read it there are so many things that you look and you see that i've never seen that before and it just becomes more rich and more real and vivid but you know basically what they're talking about how all of their institutions and all the key personages of the old testament in a way foreshadow what was to come in christ and of course you know christ is the fulfillment of the promises to abraham he's the better moses he's the greater you know david he's the fulfillment you know of the new covenant and here he's the fulfillment of god's you know as john has already pointed out in his introduction he is god's tabernacle among us which was replaced by the temple and was the very symbol of god's presence with god's people his distance as it, as it was, and as necessary as sacrifice and holiness was in order to enter into the temple, uh, Jesus himself replaced the temple yeah. and gave us the holiness and provided the sacrifice that mm-hmm. we could come. Mm-hmm. And, and what a beautiful image. And it also reminds me of just the work of the Spirit. You know, as Jesus is getting ready to head towards the cross, he'll even say, you know, the Spirit, I will send the Spirit who will remind you of all the all things that I've spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, and here it is, even early on in the in the Gospel of John, is just him kind of saying, you know, oh yeah, we were reminded of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were remembered. Well, who did the prompting and the, the reminding? I mean, the Spirit is the one who now, you know, indwells, who is, um, you know, the one who has called his people together and now dwells in his people and reminding them about all that Jesus has spoken. And, and absolutely, I, I think that's one of the things I love is they're being re, you know, reminded or remembering the things that Jesus has right, spoken. The same spirit dwells in us. Yeah, a and, direct fulfillment of the promise. Yeah. Uh, he will take from the things that are mine and will make them yours. He'll bring to remembrance everything I've said to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course we have that uh, rich section to look forward to which is unique you know, to the Gospel of John as well, the deep explanation of the Holy Spirit in his in his work in their life you have to also like you know the the, uh, the initial you know the initial sign mm-hmm. uh, it seems you know kind of impromptu because his mom prompts him and uh, you know causes him to act before he's ready to act you know my hour has you know not come but john looks and says but this was the first thing that happened where we began to see who he was 
and to put our trust and our confidence in him mm-hmm. you know speaking of the disciples and of course we talked about the end of this that he performed many signs while he was with us these we have been written down so that you might believe and in believing that you might have life and, and of course that is what's exactly what is happening to them but i like uh, the beauty of that because you're naturally drawn or i'm naturally drawn you know to isaiah where it talks about a future wedding in a feast mm-hmm. and uh, it says on the mountain of the Lord are the choices of food and the richest of wines, and of course he demonstrates that in, in a beautiful way. First of all, that you know the generosity of it, you know the six and you know, times you know six times one hundred and eighty gallons of mm-hmm. really good wine. Uh, so you have you have the abundance you know of his provision, uh, but not only the abundance of his provision, but the richness of his provision, mm-hmm. and of course that's exactly what Isaiah you know envisioned as we set sit before the wedding feast yeah. you know that, that we find out in revelation is the is the wedding feast of the lamb yeah. and uh, enjoy his abundance and his blessing yeah. and the richness of his gifts in it forever yeah it's fitting that jesus's first sign comes at a wedding you know anticipating that future wedding that is to come and i think it might have been tim keller or somebody that that said at one time if it wasn't, it's always Tim Keller. You know, that essentially, every time we're at a wedding, we kind of envision our or, or own wedding. Lewis. Or C.S. Lewis. You could either yeah. do C.S. Lewis or, or, or Spurgeon or whoever. Yeah. Right, but kind of when we're at weddings, we envision our fu- you know, our we- future wedding, or we think back to our wedding. And, mm-hmm. and here you have Jesus at a wedding. You know, and just that, okay. whether he was or not, I don't know. But, I mean, that just the vivid portrait of, like, here, here is Jesus at the wedding, his first sign. And... And then as you're reading that that theme throughout Scripture of that future wedding day, mm-hmm. you're know, being reminded of, of like one day because of who Jesus is and what He's going to do, mm-hmm. right? There will be uh, a future wedding that takes place, uh, yeah, um, mm-hmm. that will be far greater than this wedding, mm-hmm. you know. And and yet I love the details and just yeah, you know, even Jesus is saying, "Why do you involve me?" And my hour's not yet come. And His mom's like, "Just do whatever He says." You know, <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> a, a fun. That's detail. a nice little piece of uh, instructional discipleship <laughs> there. <laughs> Listen to Him and do whatever He yeah. says, uh, which would be a you know a good uh, a, a good injunction for all of us, <laughs> you know, to follow, to hear His word and do what He says, and take Him at His word, yeah. and, and trust Him deeply to do things that are beyond our understanding, beyond our ability, beyond our range, or even beyond. Our comprehension and so, all of that. Of course, so, we. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I'm going to. It gonna seemed ch- like a really nice build up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually about to change the subject, so sorry. But um, I was going to say that as I was preparing um, this morning, I asked Matt about the timeline because. And you I, guys thought we didn't prepare for this. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we don't always just wing it. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what we were reading. <laughs> somewhere in the Bible. But I was asking Matt what he thought about the timeline because. We know from other gospels that when he clears the temple courts, it's usually like towards the end, towards his um, crucifixion. And so I just asked Matt, like, what he thought or why he thought John puts the temple court clearing right here in this section. And um, he, of course, looked up, uh, was it D.A. Carson mm-hmm. commentary? And um, so he didn't have an answer right off the top of his head. But um, but the I really liked the idea that D.A. Carson talked about, which is, um, John is displaying how Jesus came and the old, he's showing the old is gone and the new has come. And it's kind of um, what Paul says in, was it 1 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 5. 5. And you always, I remember when you quote it, um, you say, boom. Like, what is it? What's the uh, verse say? If anyone is in Christ, uh, the new creation 
uh, and the word just simply says new creation. Boom, new creation. Boom. Uh, we, we, we translate <laughs> the Greek it. says boom. Yeah. <laughs> now it, it comes across, boom. <laughs> there it is. I yeah. just picked your mic drop, but yeah. yeah and so that's, uh, that's kind of, that really um, was fun to just have in mind and read this in light of that, that it is showing this purification that's happening, this um, fulfillment, but also like the old is passing away and the new is here and Jesus is showing us the new yeah. and the, it's just so beautiful. And the biblical writers, you know, do not pay you know, strict attention to chronology. They're they're writing, and we 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 kind of need to realize that this, that what they are writing is they are writing historical theologies, and so they place material for impact. And the impact of what you know Jesus ultimately is doing is reclaiming you know the temple, reclaiming Israel, reclaiming and and, and renewing God's people. And you see this initial act of cleansing, and, and of course, in tomorrow we'll cover an even deeper act of cleansing, you know, in, in a person's heart. You know, mm-hmm. someone is born again and is born of water and of mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Uh, so you you have it here for you have it placed here for impact, you know, right at the beginning. This is uh, you have it in the other gospels. This is what he accomplished: the cleansing of the temple. You have it in John. This is what he is here to accomplish, the cleansing mm. of the temple. Yeah. Mm. And symbolic of the nation and symbolic, of course, of us as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you have to love something far greater is here, right? That he, they take those, the kind used for Jews for ceremonial washing, you know, and, and you just you have those kind of old purification you know, jars, which Jesus fills with something new, something far better, you know, and everyone's marveling, man, where'd you get this wine? And then, you have the cleansing of the temple and the announcement that you know a far greater temple has come and and just the you know, exactly you know exactly something far greater is here yeah. and and at, right at the beginning of the gospel not waiting till the end but you know this demonstration of of essentially what will you do with this if john's purpose statement holds you know the the question before us every time we read these stories is john beckoning us you know that you may believe that you may believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you may enter into the very experience uh, you know that's being described here uh, the description of the richness of new wine and the, the cleansing and the restoration um, of an old temple into mm-hmm. a, a new reality a reality that you know is, is realized you know is realized you know deeply you know, in, in Christ mm-hmm. so it's it's fun and it'll be fun tomorrow as we have apply that the temple metaphor and the wedding metaphor uh, to a personal experience of being cleansed and renewed by the spirit and coming into a relationship with God that is so unique as it's, it's compared to being uh, born again mm-hmm. or being born from above. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Katie, do you mind uh, closing us with a word of prayer? Father, thank you. Thank you for um, this chapter in the book of John. Thank you for what it shows us about who Jesus is um, and what he's done. And would we, would we participate um, would we not just um, be consumers, but would we be participants in what you are doing um, as you purify, as you renew, um, and as you build your kingdom here? Thank you for um, just the record of these things happening. Thank you for what they point us towards. Um, they point us towards your your graciousness, um, your kindness, and um, your zeal for um for purity and, and, and holiness. Um, 
and it's all for our good and for your glory. So would we just trust in you? Would we walk with you and continue to um, just meditate on your word daily? It's in Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.